Ready to get emo. Let's get emo, mother truckers. Hey, welcome to Think Outside the Box It. It's a podcast for learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt, and we are in Season 9. We're talking about my chemical romance, and the main reason they may be uh, dismissed is because they're an emo band. But are they emo? Because they don't think that they're emo. But everyone else seems to think that they're emo, including Wikipedia, who says... Wikipedia is never wrong. Emo in the article for emo and then it says my chemical romance (laughs) among the most prominent bands to have that Mm -hmm. label are you playing music right now um what okay (laughs) i had minecraft open in the background well i could hear minecraft (laughs) (laughs) well is that the minecraft music yeah it's it's actually got some pretty cool music are you are you playing minecraft while we podcast (laughs) Well, I was doing it well. while you were gone peeing. <laughs> I was doing it while you were peeing, and then it was still running in the background. Uh, for for those are of you, you who are not horses? supporters, who are well, yeah, oh, I know what you're trying to say. For those of you who are not supporters and are just freeloading scum, we do a little uh, mini show every week called What's in the Box Weekly. And this week, I talked about how much I like Minecraft. It's like uh, Legos for your computer. <laughs> so we build shit, and it's this- fun. This week, we're talking about the album Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, and I finally looked at the Wikipedia entry for it, and there's, I guess, like, some kind of story that goes with this that all the genius um, contributors uh, have been annotating about this, like, story about uh, selling your soul to the devil, and I couldn't find any information on, like, where are they getting this? Are they just reading into it too much? But then I finally found... um, this quote from Gerard Way, the lead singer of the band. Jerry, um, I like to call him. A good old Jerry has to say that uh, this album is a, uh, in quotes, pseudo-conceptual horror story, which that is just about right. Pseudo-conceptual. <laughs> I think really just sums yeah. up my chemical romance in one word. Yeah. The one hyphenated word. Um, one stating hyphenated that, word. Uh, it's a story of a man and a woman who are separated by death in a gunfight, and he goes to hell only to realize by the devil, only to realize by the devil telling him that she's still alive. Wow, this is a really badly worded. The devil says he can be with her again if he brings the devil the souls of a thousand evil men, and the man agrees to do it. And so the devil hands him a gun. <laughs> I guess he needed a new gun, even though he died in a gun gunfight. That was the yeah, idea behind the concept. The record ended up being much more about loss in real life than anything. So I would say uh, it's a good split. Wait, so, who's, who, who said that part? Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry said that part. Yeah. Now, we see a race car driver or right. what? Uh, so that <laughs> that is about as pseudo-conceptual as you can get. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, is this, okay, so the main problem I have with 
all of these like pseudo conceptual parts is none of it is in the lyrics. Like yeah. you could maybe read in some oblique references to blobbity blue yeah. uh, in the lyrics, but it's not, you don't, you couldn't get the whole story from the lyrics. So that raises the question, where the fuck are people getting this? Like are, is it in the liner notes? Do they just read a bunch of interviews from uh, Jerry? Um, I think they they're big in fans. Race Car Driver magazine. And they and they I think they're just big fans and they read his quote about this and then they're just like, "Oh, this is the uh, Demolition Lovers, like this is another part of the saga." And then they just like read into it as much as they want and enjoy the sort of pseudo lore of this pseudo concept. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm pretty like not into it. Um I yeah. think I think we chose between two uh <laughs> it was going to be either My Chemical Romance or Janelle Monet and our fans um want us wanted us to talk about My Chemical Romance. Uh but jo- Janelle Monet had like a concept for her albums as well, which is like Afrofuturism uh utopia mm-hmm. stuff, I think. Uh yeah, now, based we'll, on, like, now we'll never know. <laughs> now we'll never know cuz we can't listen to Janelle Monet. Yeah. So It's against the rules. Thanks a lot, fans. <laughs> it was actually pretty close. It was actually pretty close. I think it was like 13 to 15 or something. Like, really? Out to my okay. At the end there. So, yeah. maybe we'll have to yeah. revisit at some point. Yeah, maybe we should. That would be yeah. fun. Maybe we just make an executive decision and be like, hey, now it's uh, Janelle Monet. Yeah. You know, in a couple seasons or whatever. Yeah. Uh, all all uh, that being said, that negative stuff, this album is uh, a lot better produced and written. And written? I definitely agree about the production. I don't know about the writing. I mean, like the music writing. Oh, the music writing. Okay. I like, I like the lyrics more, too. I mean, they're still like pretty vague, but I think they're less, I don't know, they grade on me less. I can't necessarily defend that. But I think the, the writing of the music is uh, pretty great most of the time. Yeah, I I definitely enjoyed the music more. I think the lyrics are there's there I think the 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 lows are like both the highs and the lows are less high and less low, if you know mm. what I mean. Like there are it's a, it's more consistent down the middle. Okay. You know, there I I feel like the last album had songs that were lyrically better written uh than like the the best of the lyrics from the last album we're better from any of the lyrics of this I, album. I fucking get it. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jesus. <laughs> asshole. You absolutely uh, made your point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, ba- the lyrics in this album are pretty much consistently all just a bunch of, like, poetic bluffs. There isn't a lot of uh, detail uh, specificity here. Yeah, they're vacationing in the poetic bluffs, for sure. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Slash living there. (laughs) That too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, One of the people, not Jerry, said, Revenge is really the band. This album, which Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge is what he means, but he's just so cool that he refers to it. It's just by revenge, man. They don't call it Cheers. No. (laughs) They don't call it Three they don't call Sometimes it four. Sometimes you gotta go. Or sweet. You wanna go. Or everybody hey, knows you get, your name. You guys like that new that new album, Sweet, by uh, <laughs> Chemical? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, he says, Revenge is really the band. Bullets, the last album, is the band trying to find itself. By the time we hit Revenge, we had really become my chemical romance. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, um, I think there's something to be said for that. They yeah, sound more I like a real band in this album. <laughs> they do, yeah. I think it's coalescing in that way, yes. Um, I do like that Wikipedia throws some serious shade here uh, on this on the uh, article for this album. While I brought you my bullets, you brought me your love was considered a quote particularly strident entry in that shifty genre of bands torturously slamming together elements of emo, hardcore, and even metal. Quote. I know, right? Who Three cheers for Sweet Revenge. Quote both showcased their songwriting skills and gave them much deserved attention. Unquote. Moving away from the quote screamo parts. Unquote and quote the more complicated structures. Unquote of their first record in favor of a sound that quote skirts the line between pop punk and edgy theatrical emo. Quote un- sorry. Unquote while being quote strongly influenced by hardcore <laughs> punk. Unquote. Three cheers for Sweet Revenge has been variously compared to The Misfits, AFI, and Thursday. I assume the the band Thursday and not the day Thursday. <laughs> okay. Although that would be a fun thing to uh to have as an interview question for the the lead person of a band. Just be like, "Hey man, uh like if your band was like a day of the week, like uh like which like which one would it like uh which one would it be?" Hmm. The very philosophical question. I know, right? Cameron, your 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 various bands that you've gotten together throughout the years. Uh, which okay. day of the week would they be? Okay, let's let's talk about the bands I've been in. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the the first band that you I had uh, an the emo Sabbath, band. The Sabbath Have we talked Goys. about this? <laughs> you had an emo band. What? Yeah, dude. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I had like a uh, like a Christian emo band. <laughs> oh shit, dog! Really? <laughs> yeah, I can't find it anywhere on the internet. Like our MySpace was oh, taken that's down. More's the shame. But we, uh, yeah, we made some albums. Um, no, that's not true. We made multiple albums. No, we made an EP that was three songs. (laughs) Okay. That's kind of different from multiple albums. I don't know why I said that. Um, it was called broken glory and, uh, there was a main, there's a lead singer and songwriter. Uh, you know, that was the first concert I ever went to go see was newfound glory and good Charlotte. (laughs) so good yeah and mxpx too who was there mxpx oh did they get some play in the uh secular scene uh, they were a christian band yeah sensibly um i don't know what the deal is with them but that's the only exposure i've had to them but the main impression they left was that they would throw their guitars and basses across the stage to, to each other, like in between every song and like with perfect accuracy, it was actually really impressive. It was like watching a circus show. A circ- I was just about to say, it sounds like a circus show. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So broken glory would be Monday. Cause I hate Mondays. <laughs> Oh, okay. I get Everyone hate Mondays, and that uh, band was hanging uh, there. It's almost kind the of garbage. <laughs> yeah, uh, and embarrassing to me. Um, Sounds great. Uh, Foxglove Inc. was like my college band, and um, I would say that would be maybe like a just a Wednesday because it was like Hump Day. <laughs> Oh, you were humping so hard. Yeah. It was very sexual. Like Santa Claus humping. 
Um, and then uh, it's a reference to Garth Christmas album. Oh yeah, I forgot Remember about he has that. that. All that song about how Santa Claus is humping around and <laughs> he does humping all over the place. Uh, and then uh, I guess I haven't been in seven bands. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to cover every single day of the week. Well, basically what? every band that I've that I've been in, uh, one, when I'm in it, I think it's like Saturday is it's the best, and then as soon as I'm not in it anymore, I'm like that was the worst thing I've ever done. <laughs> And I never want anyone to ever hear about it. <laughs> oh man, this this actually sounds like the beginning of a song. Uh, yeah. Friday, I'm in love with you. Uh, that's a good no, song. Wait. I guess that's already been done. Yeah. Uh, should we ta- start talking about songs? I guess I don't know. I'm talking about days of the week over here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess we can talk about uh, what, what song you want to talk about. Let's let's talk about song number one. Helena. Song number one. Uh, I think it's pronounced Helena. Yeah, I guess they don't say the name in the song. That nor- no. That name is... Don't don't some people pronounce it Helena? I guess so. I don't know. I was just joshing. All right. For some reason, I thought that uh, the city of Montana was pronounced Helena. Oh I yeah, guess yeah. It's actually pronounced Helena. Yeah, so this was my first exposure to My Chemical Romance. This song. This song. Yeah, I was watching the uh, MTV uh, Music Video Rewards. Um, you said rewards. Awards. <laughs> The music video rewards. I'm sorry, dude. I'm kind of sick. I'm having trouble talking and thinking. Sick in um, the head, more like. Yeah. Twisted. Uh, twisted. Why was, are you being so serious? So I was watching the MTV Music Video Awards, and uh, I guess it was the the reward for best music video. <laughs> and it was between... It kind of is a reward. It was between this one which featured a church in a big dance sequence and a um person who was like in a black wedding dress and uh with like a bouquet of roses and she did a big dance sequence and but she was very emo. also a corpse it was very corpse bride you know what i mean yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was like oh, a well it was a well put together music video and then the the other music video that was in um, in the category was a some Fallout Boy music video where I have vague memories of someone like turning into a deer or getting antlers or something. I have never watched it all the way through, and that's hmm. all I can remember. But that one won, and they got up there. Fallout Boy did. They got up there and did their acceptance speech, except for it wasn't an acceptance speech. They just said, "Hey, this one goes to Helena." Um, because that music video is better than our music video. Whoa, they did a Kanye West? <laughs> uh, what? Yeah, but on themselves. Whoa. Yeah. They like, did a, uh, what like Macklemore should have done for Kendrick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and only exactly. did later in tweets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's all I really remember. Um, 
yeah, and then I didn't didn't really have any My Chemical Romance experiences until I had to uh, teach them for a living at uh, Rock to the Future in Philadelphia. So, yep, yeah. desperately trying to get get a living off of My Chemical Romance. Yeah, um, I wonder. <laughs> I wonder, like, how many people that were drawn to My Chemical Romance were drawn to them just because of the aesthetics. Uh, the uh, the the black wedding dress and the the color scheme of the white red and black and like their music videos that were like kind of gothy probably uh, I want to guess one hundred percent. Are you saying that because you don't think their music is very good? I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm trying to imagine if. Okay, what if their music was exactly the same, but um, all of their music videos and like what if they were just all wearing khakis and polos <laughs> oh god like uh like, the, like charlotte like um like the virginia unite the right rally oh my like god the torches yeah. and the what, racism what if they just looked like proud boys <laughs> yeah what if they were just american nazis yeah i don't what think then? people would like it as much for um, some reason well uh, maybe some audiences would like it less Others oh, perhaps man. would like it more. I'm glad that I don't really like wearing polos and khakis because I would have had to just totally change my wardrobe. Hot polos and khakis. Hot polos and khakis. You can catch me and my crew eating hot polos and khakis. Does anybody, will anyone know that <laughs> reference? Do you, do you know that reference? I guess I, guess I do, but like... I, I know, that's the, so the hot that's the coolest and fucking song ever. What? Yeah. Hot Cheetos, about hot Cheetos and Takis? Yeah. Yeah. Those fucking 12-year-olds have, like, such a cool flow and such They're an really awesome good. swagger. Got my fingers stained red and I cannot get them <laughs> off me. You can catch me and my crew eating Hot Cheetos and Takis. Snack! 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 Munch! munch. Snack! <laughs> snack! Snack! Crunch! Crunch! <laughs> And then that there's like this like kind of doughy kid who does like a whisper rap thing. He's like Hachi and Takis, Hachi yeah. <laughs> God, they're so cool. Yeah, that's a much better song than uh, this song. That song is like six minutes long, and all it's of it so is long. great. <laughs> there's oh, like man, five kid cool MCs on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like uh, it's definitely a whole crew. There's so I many of them. I like this song pretty well, not for the lyrics. Um, but uh yeah, I, think there's it's, a, I think it's pretty catchy and dramatic and fun yeah so this is supposedly about uh jerry's grandmother and mikey i guess is his brother who's also in the band um this is about their grandmother ostensibly but they seem to have just taken that idea of their grandmother dying and just run with it in a total weird like emo direction um yeah damn it, it, i use like that word and it makes me sound like i'm just being a, a shitty bro from the early 2000s um they take it in kind of a, a gothy, melodramatic direction, let's say. And uh, these are not very promising lyrics to open the album with. Long ago, just like the hearse you die to get in again, we are so far from you, burning on, just like the match you strike to incinerate the lives of everyone you know. And what's the worst you take from every heart you break? And like the blade you stain, well, I've been holding on to night. It seems like they're blaming their grandma for dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How dare you fucking die, granny? Yeah. Bitch. Which is... Okay. <laughs> That's like a, like a legitimate part of like a grieving process, but it's like pretty confused in this song. 
And then, but Gerard, yeah. way, Gerard, Jerry, the race car Jerry. driver says in an interview, <laughs> um, I have had a lot of self hate. The most recent example was the song Helena. It's a really angry open letter to myself. It's about why I wasn't around for this woman who was so special to me. Why I wasn't Wait, there for the grandma? last years of her life. Yeah. Self hate is always a big part of the lyrics. I felt that all my life. I don't know why, but I've always hated myself. Hopefully that self hate is growing into something else now hopefully it's grown into caring about myself and wanting to stay alive um, Jesus. yeah uh and then he talks about drinking an alcoholic and uh being depressed and uh yeah well shit so but uh all that stuff is way more interesting than this song <laughs> yeah no kidding where is that in this song it's nowhere it, I mean, all of all of the like I guess ostensible self-hate just seems like he's directing it at his granny. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm Cameron. I'm starting to think that Jerry might not be the best of lyrics writers. No, definitely not. Do you want to hear a cool deceptive cadence though? Oh, that sounds deceptive. Let's do the thing where you play it and then I explain what a deceptive cadence is and then you play it again. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Okay. Here we go. It's right there at the end. Um, so, a deceptive cadence is when... So, you have different kinds of cadences, like in cl- classical Western theory. So, there's like a, a plagal cadence, which would be like an amen, a four chord to a one chord. That's what everyone knows it from, is amen at the end of a hymn, if you know hymns. Amen. <laughs> um, and then a dominant cadence is a five chord to a one chord. We talked about this once. Uh, sorry, we talked about this a bunch in now, that's what I call music five. Um, isn't that what the album we covered? Um, or is it six? That's the, that is the, the number of the volume of uh, what we called music back then. Yeah, yeah. Um, what a sentence uh (laughs) um and uh we were talking i was talking about how uh in minor key songs uh back then they used a lot of major five chords and that's not as as common in pop music these days Um, do you mean minor five chords i thought it was minor no it was it was minor one uh, it was uh, sorry songs in oh. minor keys using major five uh, pop chords. i see i see yeah 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 because yeah. you so have to something change something wacky about the major to minor uh, uh yeah anyway um a dominant cadence is when you go from five to one and that's when you play a five chord especially at the end of a phrase and you're you're expecting it uh to go back to one that's the kind of oldest um setup and knock down kind of music in, in Western music that, you know, that you can do yeah. is a dominant cadence. So in this, I was one, really trying to come up with a um, dominant cadence, extreme restraints uh, joke, and I just couldn't get there. Well, I'll keep working on it. I'll be talking <laughs> about this for just another minute. So maybe you'll come yeah. up with something. And in about um, 30 minutes later on in the episode, I'll just be like, Oh, I've got it. Finally. 
So uh, a deceptive cadence is when you set up a dominant cadence, but instead uh-huh. of going back to the one, you go to something else. Um, and usually that something else um, shares a note in common with the one chord, um, but it uh, is not the one chord. Um, so for instance, in a major key, the most common deceptive cadence would be going from a five chord to a one, uh, sorry, a five chord to a minor six chord, um, which has um, notes in common with the major one chord, but it has a, this lower minor note underneath it. So it's like this very dramatic moment because you're setting up this expectation and then you're partially fulfilling it, but then recontextualizing it in this minor chord. This song right. does the opposite of that because it's in a minor key um, and it goes from five and then you think it's going to go to minor one, but it goes to major three, which is the the relative of that chord. Um, so the second so long and good night, you think it's going to go from that um, five chord to a minor chord, but it goes to a major chord instead. Should we listen to it again? Yes. Because this is all in major right now. And then it goes to the minor here. Here's the five chord. And here's the one chord. Sorry, that's the major three chord. Um, mm. So long and good night. That's a do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. That's a one chord. It goes to the major key. But you think it you think it's going to go so long and good night. To, back to a a minor chord but it doesn't Mm -hmm. so Hmm. yeah i think that's a really cool sound um because it has some of the resolution of a five to one but it goes to a major three instead um yeah so i think that's really pretty and effective um for this otherwise uh unfortunate song (laughs) yeah lyrically cameron can you do how how do you hear the different like kinds of chords in a song? Just at, like asking for those of us who may not be trained in music theory in the same way that you are. Um, like, do you just are you able to pick that out just because of the way that it sounds? Like, how how do you know that it's a uh, a major three chord, for instance? Um, I know it's a major three chord because I because I can hear the individual notes in the chord. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like maybe that's what you're asking is how do you hear the individual notes in the chord? Um, I guess, but also like, how do you know, I guess like, how does it, how do you know how it works within the context of the song? Is it just like the, have you just like had a bunch of training in how different chords sound in different contexts? Yeah. I mean, you don't have to have training to intuit all of this stuff necessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, to label it with this language, it helps. Um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, so I have, uh, what is called relative pitch. Um, uh, some people, you may have heard of perfect pitch, um, which is where you can, you can hear a sound like you can hear, like maybe someone, um, tapping a metal pole and you can hear the note that it makes and then you can say that is a g sharp above middle c or whatever Mm -hmm. i don't have that uh i think people describe that as being an actual like physiological difference it's like everyone is sort of colorblind and then a few people can see in color um Mm -hmm. 
is like it's like being able to see in color with sound. It's like you can tell what the note is. Um, most people, yeah, uh, most people can't do that. Uh, me included, but I have extremely strong relative pitch, which means um, I can hear um, if I know what one pitch is. Uh, if I can remember what one pitch is, then I can. Uh, tell you what another pitch is in relation to that pitch. So I don't know hmm. what key this song is in, um, but I know uh, that that um, that chorus is in the major key, and then it kind of sets it up as if it's going to go back to the minor key, um, and then it doesn't. So it's it's sort of all about um, the Benjamins, baby. <laughs> it's all about being able to everyone. Everyone uh, who grows up with any amount of Western music knows intuitively about where a song is trying to go and where a song is hinting at going. So if I if I sang to you, you know, like a, a, a very basic chord progression, uh, one four five one, uh, it would be like do mi so fa la do so ti re, and then it would feel incomplete you would want it to go uh do me so you would want it to finish um, right <laughs> uh yeah so everyone Gotta would finish. get musical blue balls basically uh because yeah. we all know this language we but we're not all literate we can all hear it but we can't necessarily say what it is oral um, tradition blue yeah balls. so because of those Finishing. um stop <laughs> <laughs> not till i get enough cameron yeah because of those um because of the music the musical language um that is set up um it helps you remember what key you're in even if you don't know the name of the key you know like oh this is like a major key song this is a minor key song it's basically understanding all of the musical contexts uh contexts that you can, that there can be and, um, being able to relate this back to something else you've already heard. Um, so yeah, this song flirts back and forth between being in a major and a minor key and it sets up this specific expectation. Um, and then it doesn't, yeah. And then it, uh, um, it's deceptive. It's a deceptive cadence because it does something else instead. Um, but the short answer is, uh, just being in high school choir and singing, you know, solfege exercises, uh, all day and, um, then playing old time music for a very long time and getting my degree in music theory in hmm. composition. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that at all satisfying <laughs> that answer? Does um, it make sense? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Sometimes I, I try to, uh, to uh be the interlocutor that tries to 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 get you to explain music musical theory stuff in as uh as simple of terms as possible no i appreciate that i think sometimes it's because i'm a big dummy and sometimes it's because i'm just playing so i'll leave you to figure out which is which (laughs) (laughs) uh basically everyone I would argue already knows that that's as deceptive cadence in their hearts <laughs> and their that's heart of hearts. And that's why the people who like this song, that's a reason 
that people who like this song like this song musically um, is because it does that. And that is interesting. It's setting up this expectation and then it doesn't happen. People can tell. They just wouldn't necessarily be able to say uh, right there that is a deceptive cadence. And that's why I like this song like I am doing right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. There's a lot of uh, just kind of what the fuck moments in this song. We pretend to leave and then we'll meet again when both our cars collide. Yeah. What is that? It's like, what? There's been no hint of like any kind of car crash or anything here. It's also just a weird thing to say to your granny. It's like, what's the worst I can say? It's like, um, I don't know. There's probably a lot of bad stuff you could say to your granny. TFW, you get in a car crash with your Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> SMH. We've all been there. SMH. That's extremely relatable. <laughs> Lols. Things rolling are better on the, if I stay. Rolling on so the floor, uh, dying because I got in a car crash with my Grammy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of an acronym. ROFD. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, okay. You want to move on to a different song? Yeah. You choose one. Oh, let's just do the next one. Give them hell, kid. That's the name of the song. Ooh, I hear you playing a little bit of trumpet along with this song. Well, now I, I moved away from the mic. I have allergies and I'm sick, so sorry, Oh, everybody. you moved away from the mic, but not the headset mic that I'm hearing you through. Yes, that's right. Oh, boy. So, uh, yeah. So, this song, Give Him Hell, Kid. Uh, what's, what's it? Cameron, is it even a worthwhile question to ask what these songs are, quote-unquote, about? Give Him Hell, Kid is a fast-paced track told from the perspective of the primary narrator's lover. She is unaware that her companion has made a deal with the devil and is missing his presence in her life. Um, No, it is not. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) None of that is in the song. So, shut your goddamn face. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I could say, shut up, no one cares, but all I can say is, uh, shut up. Because people do care about this, and I don't know why. It's a mystery. It's completely mystifying. Yeah. Oh, baby. Here comes... Oh, baby. Here comes the sound. Took a train out of New Orleans, and they shot me full of ephedrine. He forces the rhyme. This is how we like to do it in the murder scene. Can we settle up the score? (sighs) Can you? If you were here, I'd never have a fear. So go on, live your life. But I miss you more than I did yesterday. Well. All right. Uh, I mean, I, whatever, dude. I mean, maybe that's extremely meaningful to you, but maybe maybe if I had a uh, MCR concordance and uh, various encyclopedia and um, uh, interviews to cross-reference with, and uh read the liner notes backwards and forwards and listen to the backtracking and uh, backmasking i don't know what i'm getting at is that there's a lot of supposed meaning here that does not seem to actually be here 
yeah, I I don't know, man. I don't have anything to say about <laughs> about this song. Uh, yeah, I wonder why it, I yeah. said we should listen to it. Uh, it, because it does have one of these um, one of these uh, me thinks uh, the Jerry doth protest too much kind of moments. All right. And he says, so come on, show me how, because I mean this more than words can ever say. He's still doing that. He did that last album, and he's still doing that, where he's like, I definitely mean what I'm saying right now. I do mean this when I say yeah. I said the thing, and I mean it. I mean it. And he says it so much and so often and so emphatically that it really makes me doubt uh, if he means it. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I would have just taken it at face value. Maybe they should make instrumental music. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he Ooh. should sing in Hopelandic, like uh, Cigar Rose, Cigar Ross, however that's pronounced. Uh, the, I've heard his Seer Rose. Yeah. The but Hopelandic, for those like, of you who don't know, is the made up um, Icelandic uh, gibberish uh, of the band Cigar uh, Rose, however that's pronounced. Uh, I've already forgotten how you said. And. Yep. Um, it is called Hopelandic, and it just is like a, uh, yeah, so it's Hopeland. just gibberish. Um, I guess the I guess you could describe it as like a gibberish language that contains a lot of the same sounds as yes, Icelandic, and you're supposed to. I, I think it's specifically designed so that you can like project whatever meaning onto it that you need, which I think is what everyone does with that music. Um, and a lot of music, let's be honest. And a lot of music. And yeah, this is, this and like this is album, basic, this band. Yeah, this is, uh, the Hopelandic equivalent. Basically these, these are just syllables <laughs> and uh, they mean basically. nothing. Basically. Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's like the only annotation I have on the lyrics of the song. Well, I'm a total wreck in almost every day, like the firing squad or the mess you made. Well, don't I look pretty walking down the street in the best damn dress I own? Yeah. I don't know. Do you look pretty? Well, it's really hard for me well, to Don't say. I look pretty? I don't know. This don't is I? a song. <laughs> I don't know. I have like no context from which to judge that. I do think it's hilarious that the, um, the, the genius annotators they they have this extremely inconsistent relationship with uh metaphor with these lyrics where sometimes they just take him at face value and uh sometimes they read things into the lyrics to an absurd degree but here they just take it completely literally and talk about all the times that jerry has um gone to his art school wearing a dress and in drag or whatever all right. It's like, <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate that he thinks he makes a very sexy girl, which is what he said about it, apparently. Um, but also, I just, it's, it's, it's so confounding to me that sometimes the geniuses are so literal and sometimes they just construct what seems to be their own meaning or whatever MCR encyclopedia. Well, I mean, maybe that's a good segue to, um, you know, what they do to guys like us in prison. Oh, God. What? That's such a, that's a hell of a title. All right.
So this is a song. Um, it has a. It's a little more scene setting. It's a little more coherent, kind of. Um, I mean, at least in the first vo- in the first verse, basically, uh, they're in a gunfight in the middle of a restaurant, and then they get arrested, um, and then. Uh, some stuff happens in prison, but it's not necessarily this, the stuff that the title of the song would suggest. I, when, when I, when I read the title, you know what they do to guys like us in prison. It seems like he's just saying, uh, rape. Right. Yeah. Which is, I was like, Oh shit, this is going to be a shitty song about uh, prison. It's a flippant thing to, to write about. Um, but I guess, you know, (laughs) if you're being flippant about, death and murder and suicide then why not be flippant about rape like, yeah i mean I IC, icp <laughs> slayer etc um yeah and then there's some maybe oblique references to like it seems like there's two two men in this uh now but i can't and i don't know how we're just two men as god had made us well i can't well i can too much too late uh or just not enough of this pain in my heart for your dying wish i'll kiss your lips again it's like maybe this is about a gay relationship but why like i don't know and then there's some references to the cellmates a killer. They make me do push-ups in drag. That's, that's such a weird detail that I don't think adds anything to yeah. anything. Yeah, I don't so, really know what to do with that. I don't um, know. Nobody cares if you're losing yourself. Am I losing myself? Well, I miss my mom. Will they give me the chair? Or lethal injection or swing from a rope, if you dare. It's pretty forced rhyme. Yeah, I, one of the notes I have on this song is what the hell is going on in the chorus now, but I can't and I don't know how yeah. are just two men as God has made had made us. Well, well that's I what I just read. Well, I can <laughs> too much too late or just not enough of this pain in my heart for your dying wish. I'll kiss your lips again. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know. really know what that is about. Uh, on the plus side, I think they finally kind of got their screaming down. Um, there's some really cool background vocals that are go back and forth between notes and screaming. And I think they sound really good. Do you want to play mm. that sound sample? Sure. If I can find it. There it is. Scream Boys. No. BG. <laughs> that does actually sound pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I th- I think it's good. It's not, it's not very loud, like in the mix necessarily. Um, right. Like, and it's because it's the background vocal, but I think it's pretty effective. Yeah. It's dramatic. It's definitely better than the last album. Yes. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Um, Cameron. Uh, <laughs> so I did, I did a quick cursory uh, Google search for, uh, my chemical romance lyrics generator i couldn't find anything okay. and surprisingly i could find very little for emo song lyrics generator but huh. i did finally find one at writerbot.com so okay we're gonna try genre is emo okay what is your Great. what is the emotion you want to talk about angry slash boastful depressed or happy slash mellow oh uh 
I want to do angry slash boastful. Okay. And uh, <coughs> last time we did something like this, we were doing a, a sort of sad libs type thing. Uh, this is apparently WriterBot uses uh, s- uh, lyrics that are sampled statistically from real songs using Markov chains. And oh, they have the helpful note, if the output doesn't make sense, just call it artistic expression. There you go. All right. So this is a song called Down Again So I'll Kick in subtitle, an angry slash boastful emo song. All right. Let's see. Okay. I want you to tell me, I'll read a bit of this and you tell me if this makes more or less sense than my chemical romance lyrics. Okay. Great. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> the heavens as I watched your ends start to doze. Then I'll supply the remedy in the wrong direction, hesitant. With no hesitation, you know how it feels. Opens up, I won't let you get and no. Make, make me forget how to be a part. My fingertips circling your lips are like air. But it's a new god and death. Just let go, just let go, yeah. For a week, I swallowed some musk. The one was set. Say it's gonna bring you down again, so I'll kick. In the stars, down in a perfect kind of man. What do you think? Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely like maybe MCR at their most aphasic. Yeah. Mmm, <laughs> that delicious word salad. Yeah. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, maybe, maybe they're not that bad. Cause I mean, there's, there's actually sentence, like at least parts of sentences that, that work. Yeah. Maybe not to communicate, but work grammatically. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, MCR kind of makes me think of something that we used to talk about in my poetry classes where I think this is one, um, in Bill's class, Bill Jolliffe, who, whose son is Jake Jolliffe, accomplished uh, mandolin player. Uh, but he was also, this, uh, this Bill Jolliffe was my poetry teacher in undergrad and was Cameron's first banjo teacher. In and my case, poetry teacher as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you were in the poetry <laughs> class. Um, in any case, so one thing that we talked about in that class was having poems that sort of build to a final line or build to an ending, but yes. also along the way, keeping everyone's attention with, um, I think the term that we used was small scale uh, payoffs. Yeah. So the idea being that like in each individual line, you might have like a little bit of an interesting tinge of something or an idea that might make you pause and think for a minute or just an interesting way of phrasing something or just, just something to hold your attention or to reward your interest, uh, on the line by line level. Yeah. And, uh, I think that, that the, the small scale payoffs is really all that MCR has because I don't really see these songs when they get them. When, when they do get them, yeah, they don't always. But when they do have them, um, I feel like that's basically all they have. Um, yeah, and you don't have to have it, like those small-scale payoffs like coalesce in, in like a really obvious way in order to have a big payoff. Um, right. Like, I think maybe sometime we should talk about Bright Eyes <laughs> mm. uh, on this show uh, because I think he's pretty good at having he's definitely focused on small scale payoffs like in very imagistic lyrics but they kind yeah. of make a sense uh together when you right. when you put them all together as you know especially in some of his better songs right um, and uh, you know at least intuitively what he's going for and i think he's sort of deserving of trust 
Like, right. You know, maybe someone would still say it's a poetic bluff, but I, but there's some sort of resonance in there that makes it seem like, no, this is earned. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a very interesting artist. Bright eyes, but yeah. So, uh, the, what I was thinking about with, um, small scale payoffs, like some of the lines here, they all cheat at cards and the checkers are lost. My cellmate's a killer. Like th- those are like some pretty interesting just lines taken on their own. Um, I guess, I don't know. I'm grasping a little bit straws. Maybe. Yeah. They're, they're details, but why? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like to what end? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you well, want to, there's a weird about... ending for this song. <laughs> oh yeah. You have a little sound sample of that. Let's listen to it. Yeah. I think he stepped on a Lego and then uh, made and a laughed dad, coyly. dad joke about it. <laughs> it's a very odd laugh. It's yeah, a it's kind creepy. of a, it's got some little Wayne, little Wayne energy. <laughs> <laughs> Wheezy. Uh, what should we talk about next? Um, Good question. We could do... There's this one, I had another uh, theory splain moment that I wanted to talk about. Oh, I had a couple actually. Let's do, it's not a fashion statement, it's a fucking death wish. It's not a fashion statement, it's a fucking death wish. Ah, but on Spotify they say, it's not a fashion statement, it's a death wish. They leave out the fucking. So I really don't know what this song is about, but it seems like someone is saying that they're gonna that they died and they're gonna haunt someone who killed them. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's <laughs> we talked about this say. a little bit in the bracket episode. Again, it's like is it is it a worthwhile question to ask what any of these songs are quote unquote about? Right. What, what is um, the titular fashion statement? Do you think is it like a funeral mm, shroud? Hmm? Uh, let's see. So let's look for what it, what the death wish would be. Um, I don't know. There's nothing about any kind of clothing in here or hairstyles. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Neither does Gerard. <laughs> oh, Jerry. Right. Oh, Jerry, you've disappointed me. So I just want to play one sound sample from this. Uh, there is a major second harmony in this. Now, usually oh. in most pop musics, uh, if if someone does a harmony, meaning a parallel harmony, meaning you sing the same words, but you sing them on a different note, usually those are a major third away. Um, uh, meaning there's one note in the scale uh, that uh, is in between the two notes. You skip one note and you sing the next one. And then if there's a third harmony, then they would skip one more note and sing the next one after that, or skip two notes. So usually right. there's space in between the notes. Um, I 
don't necessarily know how to uh, explain why other than when notes are close together, the closer notes are together, um, the more dissonant they are because of their vibrations, uh, mm-hmm. the way the vibrations line up or don't line up rather. Um, mm-hmm. There's more, there, there can be what are called interference beats. Um, oh. Like it's my favorite for uh, producer. For, for instance, if two people are singing the same right. note perfectly in tune, um, interference beats would be interference beats, sir. Interference beats. <laughs> um, <laughs> the really took it to like a early nineties uh, pop rap there. Yeah, um, sir. Interference beats a lot. <laughs> All right. So if uh, if two people are singing the same note uh, in in tune perfectly, um, then uh, the vibrations are going to line up and line up with each other, and it will have this very pure sound. Similarly, if uh, two people sing a perfect fifth, like one person sings one note of the scale, another person sings uh, four notes up from that scale, uh, from that note, then it's a two to three ratio. So for every two... um, uh, vibrations of the of the one note. There will be three vibrations of the other, which means that uh, a good a good uh, percentage of those vibrations will will line up and sync up, and then there will be a little bit of dissonance. But once you get cl- once you get like you know like I think a major second um, is like a nine nine to eight. Oh. ratio if i remember right it's been a mm-hmm. while since i've looked at those <laughs> um but like it's math. yeah it is uh but it's it's Boo. very dissonant because um the, there's a smaller percentage of vibrations that actually line up um but just because it's dissonant doesn't mean that it's bad um some people actually like the way that it sounds um uh dissonant can have this sort of dissonance can have this sort of um spicy kind of like rubbing like uh i don't know how to describe it but it's it kind of buzzes Hmm. in this way um because you can hear it you can hear the uh the interference beats of the two notes those beats that don't uh the the vibrations have an internal rhythm um, and that doesn't quite line up and it makes this sort of buzzing sound anyway there is a moment where um one person sings the fifth note of the scale and one person sings the sixth note of the scale at the same time. Uh, and it's really cool. Um, and it has this kind of like eerie sound to it. And uh, it happens once in the entire song. And uh, it's just a really neat moment. So listen mm. for that. Mm-hmm. Put it. Oh, there it is. Right there. That was uh, quick. You want to hear that again? It's the low notes that they sing. Mm-hmm. It's after the da, 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 and then the next part. So listen to those those two voices singing those uh, rubby buzzy notes. Rubby buzzy notes. Yep. Right here. Ah, yeah. I can see what you mean by rubby buzzy. Yeah, I'm I think that's a really rubby cool. Buzzy just hearing it. Yeah. I think it's a cool choice, uh, or I don't even know if it was a choice or if it just sort of happened in the production of it, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's a cool arranging decision. 
It's the only thing I had to say about that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, running out of steam on this song. Let's talk about a different one. Um, let's do Hang 'em High. Yeah, so this, this is, is a western. It kind of is. I mean, it starts that way, actually. Yeah, you want to play that intro? Yeah, let's listen to that intro. That's pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, the, the title references a uh, an actual western starring Clint Eastwood, and it makes me wonder if uh, Sergio Leone... Uh, worked on it and consequently would usually mean that Ennio Morricone uh, worked on the music. Why is oh. it Sergio Leone and Ennio Morricone and not Kone? <laughs> uh, I don't know, dog. I never know how to pronounce, like, I don't know how to pronounce uh, Italian the right way. You mispronounce the names. <laughs> uh, Gabagool. Well, the problem is <laughs> Italian doesn't really exist. There's so many different languages in Italy. So many different dialects and stuff. I don't know. Like I, when I was in Naples, like people were speaking Neapolitan. They weren't speaking Italian. Sure. Um, and that's, then, a, that's actually a really good answer. If then, you actually, if you indeed know how to pronounce those two names, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just like flying by the seat of my pants. Like, especially cause like here in the, in America, the Italian immigrants, uh, do such odd things like how uh, Capicola becomes Gabagool. Yeah. Do we talk? Have we talked about it on the show already? There's a there's an article, a very fascinating article, literally called "How Capicola Became Gabagool." We haven't talked about that. No. Oh, that's a that's a great article. Um, should put a link in show notes. Uh, but basically, you and me are always. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say you and you and I are always. Uh, always talking about our favorite uh, Italian pastry uh, that has many names. Um, uh, But in, uh, no, I was going to say the, uh, the lobster tail looking one. Um, Oh, because yeah, that's how it's pronounced. um, Or I've heard it pronounced a million different ways, but (laughs) yeah, I've heard, I've heard people pronounce it uh, spoil. Um, and oh. like just like really abbreviated like not a whole lot of consonant versions of that yeah. um then i was hanging out with an italian american uh, while i was on my tour and he was like oh yeah we call this fagliatelle <laughs> oh boy <laughs> careful with that <laughs> yeah uh and i've heard everywhere in between so yeah. but uh anyway you want to h- talk about hang them high <laughs> oh i guess if we have to is that what we're talking about right now Wait until it fades to black right into the sunset. Would I lie to you? Well, I've got something to say. I don't know. Would <laughs> Do you, you lie to me? Do you have something to say? It's really hard to, to, to know, you know? Um, grab your six gun from your back. Throttle the ignition. Would I die for you? Well, here's your answer in spades. Who has a back holster for their six gun? That's stupid. That's very odd. Maybe shoulder holster. Maybe. Are they putting it in the back of their belt like they're gangsters? <laughs> maybe they just have like a shoulder strap and they just sling it over their shoulder. I could see a rifle, maybe. 
they're, maybe they, they did a lot of research. Person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that reminds me. Um, I, I kind of enjoy it when uh, lyricists clearly or singers clearly do not put much research into something. And uh, like, one of my favorite like examples. Like killing a vampire with a spike. <laughs> yeah, like a spike. How dare you, sir? Have you no decency at long last? Uh, no, one of my favorite examples is um, both Owen Pallett and Aaron Weiss from Me Without You have done this, have committed this sin. They uh, want to use weird old-timey vocabulary, but they don't put any effort into researching what it is or what it means or how it's pronounced. Uh-huh. And so uh, both Owen Pallett and uh, Aaron Weiss have written songs that reference an old timey currency called a Tala, huh. uh, but they pronounce it as Thaler. Ah, yep. And yeah, it's drag him, Nathan. Yeah. Get him. Fuck you. Owen Pallet. <laughs> you and your Thalers. Uh, but the, actually the interesting thing about that is, um, that is the origin for the word dollar. It comes from ah. the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the old timey currency Tala. And I, I believe Tal means valley, and uh, it was in reference to a specific valley that mined gold or silver, and so it was like this: the valley dweller thing became the name for huh. it, and that's where we get the word dollar from. Hmm. So, the more you know, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Dollar dollar bills, y'all. Well, uh, <laughs> that was more interesting to me than uh, this song. I just have like okay, so the rest of the musical things for this album, I have one, I have one more theory splain thing that I want to do, and then there are actually some decent guitar solos in this, so maybe we could do like a super cut of all the guitar solos. Okay, yeah. Uh, do you want to go to Thank You for the Venom? Yes. Uh, just like a Spider-Man fan from the 1980s. My Gosh. Chemical Romance says, thank you for the venom. So what's this song, quote unquote, about? <sighs> I wish you'd <laughs> stop asking that. <laughs> there is never an answer. Uh, Gerard Way stated that the song is a comment on music. Huh. As well as a lot of fear mixed in with self-loathing. Sister, I'm not much a poet, but a criminal. And you never had a chance. Love it or leave it. You can't understand. A pretty face, but you do so carry on. And on. And on. <laughs> I wouldn't front the scene if you paid me. See, like, that that's the thing. I, I think my, my theory of My Chemical Romance is um, actually similar to the ways that I enjoy some of the lyrics from your favorite album, Paris 1919, by John yeah. Cale, which we covered <laughs> on this program uh, in between seasons, that sometimes I just want to appreciate the lines on their own sort of divorced from context and um maybe in some songs like i I can't remember if this one specifically i i uh i remember experiencing this but sometimes in a song like you don't 
hear words very distinctly and then you'll hear just a line pop out at you and you just take that line kind of on its own and so this line i wouldn't front the scene if you paid me is like yeah that that kind of stands up on its own as his defiance against the the quote-unquote like music scene or how he doesn't want to be the torchbearer of the emo scene i guess or something so you can sort of just take the line on its own and divorce from context and not think about how it does or does not contribute to what a song may or may not be about. Yeah. I, uh, that's the only thing that I think kind of supports this reading of of the song. Oh, the one where Uh, he says it's a comment on the music industry or something. Yeah. Um, Okay, so maybe this chorus can support that too. So give me all your poison and give me all your pills. Maybe that's just like a flippant, like, oh, I'm emo. So, like, I'm going to kill myself. And give me all your hopeless hearts and make me ill. Um, Like, maybe he's just like sort of resentful of the following that he has. Uh, You're running after something that you'll never kill. Uh, If this is what you want, then fire at will. Maybe he's like resigning himself to be. Yeah. And fire why? At will. Why should we shoot him? What has he done that's so bad? Uh, will I am William Clinton. Will are you? Will Arnett? Uh, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> okay, I'm not going to do this. Who's on first bullshit with you right now? <laughs> you started it. <laughs> don't give me that not on purpose. <laughs> uh, so, um. This is mostly in a minor key. Um, like a lot of their songs, it, you know, in different sections, it'll be in the minor key and then in the relative major, the major key that will share the same notes as the minor key, but uh, revolve around the major uh, tonality. Um, so there's a moment where the harmony um, sings a, it sings a major seventh um, on top of the, uh, so the lead singer sings the fifth degree of the scale and then uh, of the minor scale. And then the uh, harmony sings the major seventh uh, degree of the scale, um, making it a harmonic minor, giving it that, that major five chord um, that you can find in a minor song, um, which is pretty precedented. Uh, but then, uh, the lead singer goes down and then, uh, uh, descends and then the harmony follows, but it stays on the major scale instead of doing a, uh, a minor scale. Um, and I think it's a really interesting choice. Um, so how about you play it? And then I'll, uh, I'll point out, um, I'll point it out when I hear it. Yeah. Yeah, on and on and on at the very end. Uh, It's the last note that the upper harmony sings. On and on and on. Uh, If it were in a harmonic minor scale, it would go on and on and on. That would sound more uh, dramatic. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, it has this kind of weird um, moment of uh, levity. Uh, in the in the harmony and i, I kind of like it i think it works it doesn't clash with anything in in the rest of the song it's just like a another distinct choice for a harmony so mm-hmm. cool yeah play that one more time okay the last note that the harmony sings so carry on, carry on, carry on. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I wish I could, I wish I had the time to just record a version where I would do the minor six, <laughs> but you'll have to just take me singing it. And if maybe you just did have the time, would you actually choose to spend it on that? Uh, that's a great point. <laughs> I would probably spend it on nothing. Nothing. I love spending I need time more, on that. I need more of that in my life. Um, more nothing, please. So, uh, yeah, but uh, unless you have anything else to say about this song, I think we should just go through and listen to all the guitar solos in this uh, in this one in song this album. In this album, oh, in the whole there's album, there's like there's like three or four guitar solos that I think are uh, pretty good. Yeah. So, I I have to say that to a, a pretty great degree the songs are fairly samey. So I don't think it's going to be that the jarring. guitar solos are all different. Right, yeah, but it won't be that jarring to hear them back to back, I don't think. Maybe it will. I don't know. We'll find out. So this is uh Thank You for the Venom. Here's a guitar solo. <laughs> does some scales here. Malmsteen shit. That's a coherent and interesting solo. Maybe a little generic, but I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's very like uh, classical metal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe next we could do the the solo for I'm Not Okay. It's actually more of a duet. And this actually, I think it sounds like a lot like a Queen solo, like from the band Queen. Ah, okay. Yeah, let's listen to that. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. It's so queeny. Just those, like, walk downs. Should we listen to that song next? Sure. I mean, that's the... um that's their biggest major hit from this album. And I think one of the biggest hits of their career, actually. It's I'm not okay is. Yeah. I mean, if you okay. can believe the Wikipedia article. So, all right, let's take a listen to the uh, general sample of it. odd pronunciation going on in that yeah <laughs> there's a lot of woe k's i'm Lots not woe k's. k's cameron is he woe k or is he not woe k do you think uh you know he says both oh he can't seem to make up his mind does he say he's okay in this song yeah in the end of the bridge he says i mean this i'm okay trust (laughs) me (laughs) he says because i'm telling you the truth i mean this i'm okay which again yeah me thinks that jerry doth protest uh too much i think the point of it is that he protests too much in this case it seems like he's pretty earnest about it in many of the other instances um it's kind of shitty, this chorus. He says, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. You wear me out. So yeah. it, it's like weird, like aggressive kind of thing where it's like, 
well, first, who are you talking to? And also, did they do anything to deserve you being shitty to them like this? Uh, him being shitty. Do you, do you think he's being shitty because he's saying that this person is like wearisome to him? Yeah, because I don't know. The, the first verse seems to set it up as he is comforting this person. Well, if you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say. I never want to let you down or have you go. It's better off this way. For all the dirty looks, the photographs your boyfriend took, remember when you broke your foot from jumping out the second floor. So that's kind of a jumble. It doesn't really add up to much, but there's a lot in there that seems like he is speaking to this person or comforting them or something. I don't know. I don't know. The photographs your boyfriend took... It's very hard. Well, it to seems understand. like if he's saying, "If you wanted honesty, that's all you had to say," and he's like, "Honestly, I'm not okay." Maybe that's like maybe he's finally saying, "No, I'm actually not okay." Hmm. And so maybe it's not it's not comforting. Yeah, but then he's just like, I don't know. What will it take to show you that it's not the life it seems? I'm not okay. I told you time and time again. <laughs> you sing the words, but don't know what it means. I'm not okay. To be a joke and look, another line without a hook. I held you close as we both shook. For the last time, take a good hard look. So... It's, it's sort of the, it wasn't me of this song. <laughs> <laughs> Picture this. Uh, it, you sing the words, but don't know what it means. Uh, banging on the bathroom floor to be a joke and look another line without a hook. Uh, yeah, it's the mashup that nobody was asking for. Remember when you broke your foot from jumping up the second floor? I'm not okay. <laughs> uh, that's very good. It's a uh, Mr. Sad Tastic. What will it take to show you that it's not the life it seems? I'm not okay. Okay, so that's I'm not okay. Shall we finish up? I mean, we didn't get through very many songs, but I think that's okay. They're all fairly similar. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of shitting on MCR this episode. I actually uh, don't feel that I don't dislike them or anything. I just... The it, music was enjoyable. Yeah. I enjoyed listening to the music, uh, but this show is in large part about lyrics. Um which someone brought up in the Discord, you know, what if we listen to an instrumental uh, discography? Oh boy! At some point, and I, I, I kind of want to listen to like uh, Joe Satriani or another like Guitar Bro album or like oh, Dream Theater or something. I think that would be pretty fun um, oh, to just talk about that kind of thing. But maybe that would be not fun for you. I don't know. It would definitely cater to your strengths more than mine, but. I'm game to give it a shot, maybe, or something. Yeah. I don't know. There's definitely some fun music. Uh, let's just play a couple more sound samples before we go. Uh, uh, one is there's an interlude, and he just is doing his best Tom York impression. Do you want to oh, <laughs> play yes. that? Oh, it's so quiet. You might have to boost the volume in post. Okay. But here we go. God, that is so Tom Yorkie. That's even a very like Radiohead chord progression too, and melody. Very much. Yeah. Wow. Mm, that's very derivative. Um, and then uh, <laughs> uh, in um, the Ghost well, of You, actually, in the Ghost of You, he's uh, 
singing the word together and then he steps on a lego oh Uh, mama loves meow yeah i got a kick out of that yeah and then we have uh, one more guitar solo to the end oh yeah to the end apropos there we go That's actually pretty good. I'm into that. Yeah. I'll take it. What where where were these guitar solos in the last album? I don't know. <laughs> so like, maybe they just got went to that woodshed, practiced. That's probably it. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping for some better lyrics in the future, but I am pleased with the music. Uh the last one was pretty unpleasant to listen to, and I really enjoyed the music of this album. Yeah, it's pretty great. I'm hopeful for the next album. It's the Black or Welcome to the Black Parade, rather. Um, they got two more shots. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm hoping that that has a stronger concept and maybe narrative. Welcome to the Black Parade because they did like a whole thing where they became the Black Parade. It was like a like roles that they were playing as a band. They like they went as far as um apparently they would announce themselves as the Black Parade. Like there was apparently one show, one infamous show where they said, Oh, my chemical romance won't be able to be here tonight. So instead we're gonna have the Black Parade play for you. Everyone Great was mad. Bit. Love and, it. Yeah. And then the fans were mad Pranksters. until they figured out that it was actually MCR. So Aww. Uh, I think I've probably taught the most songs from the Black Parade. I'd have to look at the track list, mm-hmm. but I remember hearing some a little bit of Carnival-esque in there. So maybe we'll have a little, Ooh. A, a little, a little trip back to that dark Carnival, that, that Black Parade. I always yeah. loved it when ICP did circus music. Yeah, that was good shit, dog. All right. Well, until next week, where we talk about the Black Parade, you can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website, and we may even read it. Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Uh, write us a review on iTunes. That would be very helpful. I read. I heard recently that um, the way that people are ranked in iTunes in terms of uh, getting uh, uh, recommended to people is based on quote unquote engagement and not necessarily downloads. So oh, things like reviews can really boost a podcast's presence. Hint, hint. So if you yeah. like the podcast, even just clicking on that star rating, you don't even have to write a bunch of sentences and shit. Just jam on those star buttons. And of course, jam on the like, <laughs> subscribe. Uh, and if you want to support us even more directly and help us keep making the show, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website and give us some of that sweet, sweet green thalers. Yeah, uh, and in return, you can hear our weekly podcast, our secret podcast. Secret. Uh, What's in the box weekly this week? Uh, what did we talk about, Nathan? What we did talk- you talk about? <laughs> I, well, you had nothing to, you to talk about because you're a boring person who's <laughs> dumb and boring. And I talked about Minecraft because I'm also a por- boring person who's dumb and boring and play little kids video games <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for babies like a dumb dumb. That's yeah. me. 
Yeah, so tune into that. Uh, but usually it, it serves as a sort of weekly um, kind of a light, uh, you know, cultural critique of whatever we've been uh, thinking about, whether it's um, making tortillas by hand or Avengers or Endgame and everywhere in between. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it kind of like also serves to help get us some of our digression energy out right at the beginning. Yeah, it helps, helps a little bit keep with on that. Track. It, d- it didn't necessarily help this week. I feel like we weren't very comprehensive about this album. There was a lot of songs we didn't even talk about, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, you can yeah, also well. listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool, <laughs> which is all about music, where he plays music with his guests. It's usually Appalachian-style, old-time fiddle and banjo music, and it's pretty great. So give that a shot. Um, I wish you would. Yeah. So, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and fuck you for dying, Granny. (laughs) Uh, I've been Cameron DeWitt, and you know what they do to guys like us in prison. Uh They make us do push-ups and drag. You know that. I didn't need to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Everyone knows that. (laughs) Everyone knows. It's proverbial. I mean, yeah. It's cliche. (laughs) Oh boy. What a very misguided song that was. Stackley was a badman. All right, I need to pee and maybe sneeze for a minute. I'm a little sick.